This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome to Super Movie Brothers. Let's start the show. This is a podcast on the Podfix Network. You can check out more shows like it at podfixnetwork.com. Super Movie Brothers, episode 167. I'm your host, Super Movie Brother Dave. I'm your host, Super Movie Brother Jay. Jay. It's been one week since you looked at me. Got your head to the sides and I'm angry. So what'd you get up to doing this week? What'd you get down to, man? What'd you get up to? Anything fun? Anything interesting you want to tell everyone? I know you just got back from a very boring trip to Delaware. <laughs> well, the weather was a little unfortunate. Let's say it was low to mid-70s, mostly very cloudy. Uh, we never went to the beach. It was very rough in the, on the ocean, and I and it, it, we just spent our times just doing other things. There's a lot of different kind of things you can do. We're right on the bay. The kids got into the crabbing, my nieces and nephews, so they were really fixated on that, which was great for years to come to know. <laughs> so that was really cool to see, and and just a lot of different kind of you know just shopping and just different kind of food places. I finally ate. And drank at Dogfish Head Brewery, uh, which was a really cool experience. And, and thank and you very much for my Dogfish Head whiskey that you got me. Yeah, so I, I, I had, you know, I had, I did not know until recently that they actually did their own spirits, and you can't usually find that anywhere but in Delaware. So I had to try whiskey, <laughs> and I was pleasantly surprised because usually a lot of local. Uh, whiskeys I don't care for. They are a little too woody for my liking. Mm-hmm. Now this one does have a touch of uh, of oak. So you don't want that. I think you will like. So you don't like a little bit of wood in your whiskey. <laughs> you don't like a little bit. Of- but no, you like a lot of wood. Hell yeah! yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I like this a lot, and I was really happy with it. I I had to buy a bottle for you because I thought it'd be a, a really nice whiskey for you to enjoy. And um, right. it's a nice little bottle too. So. Definitely check them out, and uh, if you're in, in Delaware, try and seek out their spirits. They're very good. Well, uh, for me, uh, I have I had Logan for an entire week. It was great. Uh, she she spent a lot of time with my mom. It was really my mom's week with her. They did a whole lot of stuff. Fantastic. Um, but uh, I, you know, uh, got to take her to the aquarium on on Sunday. That was that that was a ton of fun. Uh, but this was her first week of school, Jay. So she started school on Tuesday and. 
you know, she couldn't look more adorable. But, you know, she, of course, had a little bit of anxiety about going, which meant that my final night with her was literally spent with her. And, and my daughter does this. Uh, it's so adorable. And by adorable, I mean infuriating. And I want to smack her. But you can't because that's that's not how you deal with kids in, 2012, in 2019. Yeah. So I'm sleeping and I just feel like a poke on my forehead. like, And that's how my kid wakes me up. Boom, boom, boom. Like right on my forehead. Ugh, like, like, it's terrible. Like I'm in a fish tank and she's fucking tapping on it to get me to move. And like I look at her, I'm like, what? And she's like, my music shut off. Because we play music for her while she sleeps because she has a problem with not having some sort of like interaction with stuff. And I was like, fine. And she's like, can I sleep with you? And I was like, no, it's a couch. She climbs in and sleeps with me anyway. <laughs> And then, uh, you know, proceeds to just have the the worst morning where she's just complaining about stomach cramps and her her stomach hurts and she can't go to school and all this stuff. I I ultimately made her go and she did wind up having a good time at school. But, you know, she's five, man. She's going to be six soon. So, like, you know, her starting kindergarten, it's a big milestone. Uh, And... You know, I, I she couldn't look more adorable in her yellow dress that she picked out herself, you know, to wear for her first day. And, uh, you know, I'm just extremely happy that 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 she's starting school and stuff like that. Because, love it. Yeah, love it. Uh, but anyway, that's really all I was up to this week, Jay. Just had a good time taking her to the aquarium and trying to teach her about fish while she was like, come on, we're going to go walk through everything. Daddy, stop reading everything because I'm that guy. I'm the guy that like when I go to places, museums, aquariums, zoos. I read everything. I love learning. I don't know what it is. Uh, you know, I, I, I. That's why you have a master's degree. Yeah, I'm good. And I'm far from that. I'm good at re- <laughs> I'm good at retaining information, and I, I, I like I like retaining new information. Uh, other than that, man, um, I I donated some money this week uh, to to dorsal. Uh, so there's a lot of these like like charities like popping up, and what each of them are doing is they are selling bracelets and every bracelet you buy goes towards like cleaning up the, i noticed this bracelet yeah, on you. I yeah cleaning I up asked you about it yet trash island and stuff in the pacific uh, and stuff so cleaning up the right up your stuff. alley brother right we so, just talked about this so i last episode i donated some money and I, I haven't heard back from them but I, I i have been reaching out to some of these oceanic charities and uh we might be doing a charity fundraiser for them if we get responses but that's only if we get responses yeah uh, other please do i mean i i would love to do that other podcasting news that we have as far as the show goes jay the month of august this month of 2019 we had record-breaking download numbers more people have listened to us according to the numbers that that i receive than ever before so i want to thank time everybody who listens to us i want to thank all the new people that are listening to us right now thank you so much and at the end of the show i'm gonna beg you to leave me a fucking itunes review you bastards like Look, here's the way I Please see do. it. iTunes it's, review, five stars. Talk it, to us. Hit us up. It's let us know free what entertainment. So if you listen to three episodes... Please at least leave us an iTunes review. That's what I'm going to do. Yeah. I'm going to have a prize incentive for the month of September for people who do leave us. And we iTunes have some reviews. good prizes. Yeah. So I got some good prizes yeah. that have been sitting around for a little bit of time. Time to dust them off and start sending them out. Oh, but uh, Jay, we got to get into what are you watching? What are you watching? What are we watching? He's trying to watch some illegal channel. Always watching. No, no, no. Go past this. Past this part. In fact, never play this again. 
All right, so what'd you get down to watching this week? Did you watch anything that, that you'd like to talk about? If you fucking mention that you finished The Americans, so help me God, I will slap you. Slap me, bitch. No. Okay, you finished The Americans. I finished it. Good. This is it. I, I don't have to talk about good. it anymore. Was it worth the fucking journey? Yes, it was. Okay, good. <laughs> it was fantastic. I loved it. Everybody go catch a show that's been that's been finished yeah. for six years. Anyway. <laughs> and then Glow. I finished Glow. I'm a little late on that, but yeah, it was you are. a very uh, delightful show. Still... They 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 know their wheelhouse. I but think. was I right? Better than the second season? Far better. I uh, than the second season. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Very yes. character driven. I love it. It was, and I I thought it was smart having it set in Vegas. It yeah. was really good. I thought it was very solid. Um, and a lot of a lot of boobs. <laughs> so that was uh, it, but in a, a non sexual way, which was yeah. very f- nice to see, and it was fun to see the girls on screen again, and then also. We can talk about Mindhunter. Yes, uh, we both fall. We both loved the first season. We actually season wound two up talking a little out. bit about it while talking about David Fincher, who's the executive producer of Mindhunter, the Correct. show, the show creator, uh, directed the first episode uh, of it, and everything like that. Very Fincher esque, very much reminiscent of mm. like Zodiac and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, I, I absolutely Mindhunter season two. Uh, I'm not saying it blew season one out of the water, but it was far more engaging, and it, it, it definitely was more linear. It had it had a, a a story to tell you about, you know, Holden Ford and and uh, Agent Tetch. Yeah, and, and it definitely it, it the one the one thing that bothered me, which I don't want to say is a spoiler, but at the very opening episode. Our main guy is dealing with some severe, severe anxiety, anxiety issues, and, and it, it only has come, not been addressed. Ever it comes since. up one other time in, in that season, and that's and, it. I understand. And that it. was that was a surprise because I was waiting for something to come up. Right, right. <laughs> something, anything. I don't care what the especially fuck it was, when he goes anything. back and has an interaction with that same person again. Correct, that, and, and nothing happens. Um, nothing. I, so I, that I, was my only slight on the whole uh, season, but. I really enjoyed it. I loved it. I, I love it. I He's think so immersed. I think that is a, a seed that they are planting for later on Perhaps. in the series. Uh, just like Brian Tetch's son is a seed that they are planting for for later on in the series. I as, love that as angle. well. So I think I. that was really so well handled. I thought it was very touchy and delicate subject matter to. Uh, have come up I love- and I think they did it in a very understated very smart way um, to let that so here's- simmer and then deal with it more in season three. So first off, obviously, you know it's it, it's kind of about the the development of the of the FBI's behavioral science program and everything right. like that. Something I'm extremely interested in. They're doing interviews on serial in killers, the, three killers, and all this stuff. Which, um, what era is this again? 1980s. 80s. Yeah, yeah. So, um, it, so it's it's about this stuff that I'm extremely interested in. But uh, you know, they, they did a great job in in developing these characters and stuff like that. Especially this season, Tetch. Like, you know, Tetch was yeah. not the the character that he was in the first season where he was this very like you know he rolled his eyes at Holden Ford a lot and in this season he's he's finding the balance between being his boss and being the guy who has to let Holden off his leash at times and I found that that dynamic very very compelling also with Tetch dealing with his home life as well Um, and and bringing in the Atlanta child murders into into this season uh, I truly liked and also teasing BTK through the first season and the second season because it kind of in both of those cases that is instances where where the FBI where the FBI behavioral analysts failed 
in a way. Mm. In, in, in a way, like the, the, these are minor failures for them. And to, to kind of surround the season, not around their successes, but like kind of like showing something in which they weren't listened to or, or, or they failed or, or, or you know, they, they didn't progress the science enough by that point for right. people to listen to them. It, it kind of puts you in, in the sense of like why they're needed, right? Because you want to believe that Holden is right in what he's saying because you know he's our main character and stuff like that but is he right it's an extremely compelling thing and i absolutely loved every minute of it yeah um, man i i'm if just, you're it, it's a great great if great you're scene. not watching mindhunter it's literally uh, the, the way I was describing it to Jay is this is my new True Detective. Like, like oh, absolutely, True Detective season one, Mindhunter season one, Mindhunter season two. Like these are and like the true crime shows that like I want to watch. I really can't believe that anybody who was into um, True Detective would not be. It into would not this. be this. Like it's it's right up its alley. If you haven't watched it, because I know Netflix absolutely sucks at their marketing and telling you when new stuff's out. Um, uh, horrendous it's there so so definitely check it out me and jay both endorse it extremely highly uh and the fincher influence uh you know david fincher influence is all over it oh absolutely the cinematography feels like fincher it's 100%. so well done yeah he has that touch on uh, it but also i'm gonna I promise everybody i'm gonna have reviews uh quick reviews um for next episode for good boys ready or not and the peanut butter falcon three movies i've been really looking forward to seeing I just if to. we have time <laughs> Either way, I will mention it next episode. So uh, other than that, I got down with watching um, 13 Reasons Why Season 3. Um, yeah, man. I, I know you gave you're, up on it. You're not with this series. <laughs> I, I, I I saw the first season. I was okay with it. And then I, I, I was impressed with what it was trying to do. And then I watched the first episode or two of the season two. And I couldn't do it anymore. So, I it, was, it was noticeably way too sappy and soapy for me. I get and where you're coming from. I just couldn't do it. It is an extremely emotional, heavy show. And when I say emotional, heavy, I don't... It, it is that as well. But... It, it's it's melodramatic, right? It's it's right. very hard to believe that 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 these sixteen and seventeen year old kids are 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 dealing with all this stuff at you know year after year. However, what I find like refreshing about it is like it you know this is stuff that does go on with teenagers today. And sure, it's unrealistic that these main characters would deal with all these problems at once. You know, but this is stuff that kids do have to deal with. So each of these kids that are dealing with each of their problems, it's kind of like a it's kind of like an allegory for someone else out there who's dealing with it and they just want to show a spotlight on it. You know, it, it's very much why the show starts on off with uh, a PSA, you know, where like if you're having trouble, contact this number. Every episode has the number listed on there. Go to this website, get help, you know, for, you tell an adult, all this stuff. Of course. And, and, and they're literally warning you about don't do what we do in the show. Don't keep secrets. Don't hide stuff. You know, talk to people. That's how things get better. Uh, but also, like, I just, I love the show. And especially this, this show, there is a storyline about people who have been sexually assaulted, you know, taking, taking back their right, taking back their power. Hour, taking back their freedom and not feeling like a victim. I absolutely loved that storyline this season. Um, you know, if if you were into the first two seasons, definitely check out this season. I think this season's much stronger than the second season. But if you if you weren't down with it after season one, don't bother with it. You know, same same way with I, I said about Glow. I think it's a better it's a better third season. It's a better time out for them. But if you didn't enjoy the past seasons, then it's okay to let this one die. But unfortunately, me and Jay didn't get to see new movies this week because a I was busy 
with with my daughter and getting ready for school and trying to do fun things with her while we had her for a week. Uh, you were off on vacation, so we didn't get around to seeing new movies, but that's okay because this is going to be an extremely news and trailer park heavy episode because D23 happened this past week and so many things have come out from that. So Jay, let's head over and let's start breaking down our D23 coverage. And we're going to start with Disney stuff up front, but then we're going to get heavy into Marvel. So a ton of stuff was announced over at D23. But before we get into that, Jay, there is some Marvel news that we want to start off with first. First and foremost, there were talks about Sony and Marvel continuing their relationship. Spider-Man Far From Home yes. made over a billion dollars, which means that that negotiations were going to reopen between both of the studios. The, the Far From Home ended the contract that was previously signed between Marvel and Sony back in 2015. Now, negotiations fell apart. He must have given up, thrown in the towel, abandoned his sad little masquerade. (laughs) I finally got to him. The power of the press triumphs. There are a ton of rumors of what happened inside this 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 closed room and in this meeting. Some people are saying Disney came to Sony and said, "I want 50-50." You know, we also get all the merchandising on the back well, end. Well, they're doing all the work. But we want 50-50. No, they're not. Sony's doing all the work. Sony's well, no, putting no, up the I'm, money and Sony's doing all the work. Kevin Feige's coming in as an executive producer giving a little bit of direction, but Sony's putting up all the work. Okay. Right. But you have Feige. Right. That which is massive. Exactly. On top of their piggyback Backing off of all the MCU movies, and I don't, which is also a big part of it as well. Honestly, it's kind of my problem because I, I, I would actually rather a a singular Spider-Man story. I love the character, so I want to see him. I want to see him without the influence of the MCU. So I'm okay with this all falling apart. I'm honestly not surprised though, because it makes sense that they would come to some type of agreement. At least Disney would take kind of some kind of sacrifice to complete their series and the saga, and it's over. Also, so now it's like, well, there, there are conflicting reports. Do? Other people are saying that Disney was asking for 25, 75. The previous deal was that Disney w- was getting all the merchandising on the back end. So they would only make 5% of the profits from, from every Spider-Man solo movie. And that's, and, and that's it. And they would make 5% on it. Now Disney was asking for whether it's 25 or 50, it doesn't matter. They're asking for more, but the merchandising honestly earns them more money than Sony is making on the film itself. Now, so, so it all falls apart people are are very doom and gloom and they're like well that's it it's over spider-man's out of the mcu how do we move forward and stuff like that yeah just because negotiations fell apart once doesn't mean they're not going to reopen and i I, I know, and I think right. Tom Hollander actually was, or Tom Holland was actually very optimistic. I think still. I mean, he he did, he, he did it and the he right sh- way, and he, he handled should it be. very well, and he should be because look, Sony he knows the fans are supporting him. Sony needed to jumpstart their Spider-Man reboot to do something different that they didn't do with the Andrew Garfield universe, and it's make it part of the MCU. It jump-started it, it got fans interested again, and it got fans trusting them again. And now that they are. are 
are no longer tied with the MCU. They can go back to telling more personal stories about Spider-Man, more you know, smaller stories and stuff like that. And it's it's the type of stuff you want to see from Spider-Man. It's the type of stuff you want to expect from Spider-Man. We've had the big MCU stuff. We've had the big yeah. MCU tie-ins. But I never felt like the character had a chance to breathe because he was always playing within a wheelhouse. Now he gets right. to be in his own wheelhouse and we get to see him actually grow. So I'm actually kind of happy about it I'm, in that respect because I love Spider-Man. I agree. I'm, I'm very on board with that. In another respect, I'm I'm a little hurt because at this far from home set it's kind of setting Spider-Man up to kind of be the guy, right? Like he's the wow. fucking guy. It ended with a hell of a cliffhanger. He literally has the Edie's glasses, but now because he's not part of the MCU, <laughs> he can't use the Edie glasses. That is a complete fucking middle finger to Chekhov's gag. Yeah. You can't show a shotgun in in and revealing his identity in the first act and not show it in the second act. No, they, they can still pick up on that, but they can't pick up on the whole Tony Stark storyline of he's the new Tony Stark. Okay. He's a, they can't okay. pick up on that. They can't mention that stuff. It also makes me wonder whether they can use Vulture or whether they can use Mysterio because those are technically MCU films. I'm sure they can because they are Spider-Man properties and never showed up in MCU films. There's a lot of things to, to, to like digest and like pull apart here and, and but I, I don't care whether Spider-Man is in the MCU or not. I really don't. I think the MCU can get on fine without him. I think Sony can uh, get on fine without him. I think it's over. I think Sony's just going to do their own thing. I don't think it's going to have any kind of more marriage with it's fun, Marvel. Like they, they found critical success with Into the Spider-Verse. Yeah. And, and I think that was, their, that was very much their, look, we can do it without exactly. you type thing. And they also now have a Spider-Man universe to build off. I'm not so crazy about Morbius, the living vampire and stuff like that. But I am interested in Venom 2. And the fact that Tom Holland now has two more solo Spider-Man movies I that, like that are the, coming. I like the direction yeah i do i do because this morbius movie what i would be good what i worry about is when they keep trying to go back to the well too often Mm. and they want to build a universe around spider-man i'm cool with that but you know be careful what you or they might go the warner brothers route or the current one where they're just trying to do singular films right. you have a spider-man universe let's start using it right let's yeah. start let's start making a spider gwen film doesn't necessarily need to be exactly added. we're introduced to the character when tom holland is done with his next two films let's move on to miles morales let's let's start looking into other aspects of the spider-man universe yeah and we don't necessarily need the mcu however if the deal ever is on the table again and and maybe disney is willing to let up on what they want and profits from it then maybe they can reopen negotiations and we can get Spider-Man in the MCU again because I do love seeing the iconic Marvel character of Spider-Man next to the other iconic Marvel characters. I know. I know. But the majority of our iconic Marvel characters are kind of done. We're, we're not dredging the bottom of the barrel, but we are getting into the less fan, like the, uh, yeah, but they're also, general audience known characters. But, so. the, but they're also scaling back. They're going more singular. They're not doing massive like Avenger movies anymore. Right. You know, So we don't need him. Look, this news story is huge, but it is huge. At the but same, at the same time, time, I think when you really think about it, it's for the best. I was expecting it. Like it's the thing. Like people are like shocked by it. I was actually expecting it because I knew you know, we talked about it when we reviewed Spider-Man: Far From Home that that was the end. Like that was it. He had a two-picture deal with Marvel, two-picture deal with yeah. with Sony. They're gonna move forward with them. And it's going to be Sony solo from here. And that's, it's fine to me. I don't trust Sony, right? No, you can't. You can't. Because they failed Spider-Man before. Well, they failed a lot of things before. If anything, Venom 1. Spider-Man right now is in the best place it's ever been with Sony since 
Spider-Man 1, Spider-Man 2 era, so yes. in the early 2000s. So um, I, it's not doom and gloom. There's a lot of stuff that you could look forward to with the character if you really enjoyed the character. For me, I actually like the idea of him not being part of the MCU and getting to tell more personal stories about Peter Parker and letting that character breathe and be his own without all this other MCU stuff weighing him down. Next news story. RJ, ton of stuff coming out of D23. Some some actors like like uh, Sterling K. Brown were added to Frozen 2. Uh, we now know that Lizzie McGuire, you know, that, that, that Disney Channel TV show that you and I were both oh, too yeah. old to watch. Hillary Duff. Hillary Duff. Right. Uh, that will be returning and she will be a 30-something professional living in New York. Don't care about that. Lady in the Tramp movie mm. uh, is also going to be coming straight to D23. Adorable. Trailer dropped. My favorite story out of that is the dog that plays Tramp was- adopted I know. from from an adoption oh. agency trained was in the job and then was put up for adoption and adopted immediately by by, other, by by people so that's I an adorable that. story but i like that they're putting a live action film directly to disney plus because i think that's where these live action animated remakes should exist well it's going to be interesting to see what the numbers are too exactly i think they're I testing think, the, i think this is a test the waters type i thing. think that movie in particular is going to do gangbusters right. on disney plus but not so much in the theaters, perhaps, but that is the perfect property where but you're going to see more people. Could you imagine how many... the kids, the convenience of the kids and also the parents. Could you imagine how many people would join Disney Plus if they found out that, like, let's not say Lion King, but let's say they found out that Aladdin 2, right? The Aladdin 2 live right. action movie was only coming to Disney Plus. Right. You, so I think that's where these live action remakes should live. I think it's where they should go because we as a general audience are interested in them, but we don't necessarily want to pay $25 to go to an IMAX theater and or watch the same movie X again. Or X amount of miles right. to the theater and do the whole hoopla yeah. and may or may not have a horrible experience in there because of some schmuck sitting next to you or behind you. You know, like. So I'm hoping that this stuff is there to just kind of like to gauge fan interest in it being on 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 Disney Plus yeah. and I definitely would would want to check it out. Next news story. RJ, it's official. We got news that isn't Disney related that Breaking Bad is coming back and Jesse Pinkman will be you. the cen- center of the story. Yeah, bitch. And it's a Breaking Bad movie coming directly to Netflix. There is a trailer for it. You guys check it out. We Correct. don't have time to do a trailer park for it. What's that? El Camino? Yeah. Now, let me ask you this. Do you know, is Aaron Paul in this movie? Supposedly. Because I was going to say, like, is it about finding Jesse Pinkman? And it's all those sub-characters and people trying to find him and blah, 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 blah. And get their heads wrapped around the whole situation of what happened in the aftermath. Because the trailer is simply his buddy. So I don't know if he's in it or if he's not. No. He, Jay, he's a hundred percent in it. Go look up El Camino on All right. IMDb. He actually, is the only him and Vince Gilligan <laughs> are the only ones on there. So yes, he's a hundred percent. This is a Jesse Pinkman central story. Uh, also, rumor is that Brian Cranston is attached to it. In what capacity? We don't know. But whether he's a force ghost, <laughs> I know I'm like, we'll be talking. Uh, we'll be talking about force ghosts later. That's what yeah. we're gonna hold off on that. <laughs> but are you interested in returning to the Breaking Bad? Well, because I'll be honest, I'm not, man. Um, I know, I know you watched everybody. Everybody call Saul, and I didn't. Um, right, Better Call Saul. Um, Better, Better call, call Saul is fantastic. It really is. Um, I'm sure it was. Just, it's just it is a very it's draining. 
Yeah. It's an exhausting series. I'm not sure if I want to um, come back to it. To be honest with you, I'm not sure if I do. And I'm sure if this one might be a little bit more exciting and more enthralling. Because it's continuation and not a, not a prequel. Yeah. And plus, I think they're entering a little bit more of a dangerous but world. But let's face it. Between Walter White and between Saul Goodman, the least interesting character that falls between them is Jesse Pinkman. Like, he's not interesting. Yeah, science, bitch. <laughs> I, no, I know, I know. I, I, gosh, yeah, I don't. I'm, I'm definitely intrigued. Put it that way. Luckily, it's coming to Netflix. So we, our, our right. barrier for entry is something that, we're already paying for. That is exactly what I'm saying. Like, I'm really happy it's on Netflix because that's perfect for me. It's perfect. I'm not gonna be sad or upset that I I didn't like it I, after a few episodes uh, or something like that or now here's something or the movie like I, or whatever like it doesn't matter I'll I'll be able to just see it and then forget about it if it's not good. Here's something that this made me wonder. Right, this is an AMC TV show that is now going to be on Netflix. Right. We know that that a lot of the AMC shows go to Netflix after they're done. Um, we also saw at Comic Con that the Walking Dead movie that's going to have Rick Grimes in it because spoilers he survived in his season if you're still watching the show i'm not but that's going to be coming to theaters something tells me that that rick grimes movie that's supposed to be coming to theaters uh is going to wind up on netflix i think netflix is going to want to be the one that bids most for it and gets it on there it'd be smart i think it'd be smart on netflix's part and on amc's part to sell it to them because i don't think that these movies would have legs in the theaters no i mean I'm telling you right now. I'm trying not. to think, and like, where do these movies fall? L- late, uh, mid fall, or 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 early spring, sometime in February. Everybody lull, that's like, watching this show is at home watching, watching the show. The show They're yeah. not going out to the theaters and seeing it. It's the that same. Huge it's the same gamble. thing with the Deadwood movie. When I found out they were making that, and that right. was getting a theatrical release, I was like, why? And Warner Brothers obviously smartened up and was like, nah, come on. Let's. It's been ten years since Deadwood ended. Nobody would have seen. Let's it. put it on HBO. It was met with mixed reviews even on hbo where if you already have the subscription you're getting it for free i feel the same way about all these where this is the type of movie that streaming services were built to make yes where it's this middle of the row movie that fans are interested in you know it's the reason that veronica mars has come back and it's on hulu now because that's the place where fans will go to watch it. Lizzie McGuire. Right, right. right. <laughs> and, and new people aren't going to jump uh-huh, on, but uh-huh. it still exists for those people. And I think that, that you know, the Walking Dead movie, Breaking Bad movie, and stuff like that, Netflix is the perfect place for them. Next news story. All right, Jay, that's that, that, that's it for kind of like our, our regular news. We're going to now head over and get into our Marvel news because D23 had a ton of shit that came out. Marvel and Star Wars. And that was the bulk of the stuff that me and you and the majority of our listeners, I think, are going to be interested in. So let's get into our Marvel news. Jay, Marvel news. First things first. We finally got a release date for Black Panther two. We, we, I mean, obviously, you know, the MCU film that made a billion dollars was going to be coming out. But what's surprising to me is that it's coming out four years after the original one. This movie will not be released until May sixth, twenty twenty two. 
do you th wow do you like yeah, do you so think far off do you think that the goodwill of black panther will kind of simmer by that point because i'm i wonder the same thing like how do you keep black panther alive in the mcu i don't think it's gonna matter i really don't it's still gonna do really really well when it comes out okay i mean i just think it hurts uh disney more than it hurts the fans right like the fans are gonna go out and it's gonna be another billion plus dollar movie for sure uh yeah, 100%. It's almost like a, a guaranteed lock. But I think it's hurting Disney for not taking an initiative on getting the early buzz and putting it in speedy pre-production with all the proper artists in place to get this out in a more sooner time well, because like this is this is a long stretch. I'll I'll be honest for with you. For a huge hit like that. We're going to be going like our next Marvel news story. We're going to be going through some some Marvel news and I'm going to pepper in some things that might keep the zeitgeist alive for Black Panther moving forward. So, right. let's get into that. Assemble. All right, Jay. Three new TV shows were announced at D23. So, like me and you guessed, obviously at Comic Con, they were only showing half of their cards. You know, at, at Comic Con, they revealed that Phase Four would have shows like Hawkeye, WandaVision, Falcon and Winter Soldier, Loki, and What If. Now, joining mm. that is going to be three new TV shows. Those TV shows were announced to be Moon Knight. Miss Marvel and She-Hulk. And the first one up that the one that has me most excited and the one that I think <laughs> the one that I think may have some ties to Black Panther is Moon Knight. So ah. Mark Spector was a mercenary who was left for dead on a mission. He wound up surviving and he was imbued with the powers of Khonshu. Khonshu was an Egyptian god. He's a god of vengeance, he's the god of night, he's the god of darkness, death, all this all, all things that are terrible and skullduggery. Like he was the god of and um you know he winds up being imbued with these powers but the, the cool thing about mark specter is that he may have powers he may not he may be crazier than a shithouse loon jay he may be crazier than a woman who would actually date you it's true <laughs> True, true, true. Um, so, and the thing is about him is a lot of his comics fall under the Marvel Knights line, which is kind of like more adult themed comics. And with those adult themes comes a lot of violence. And, uh, you know, it, it, on Disney Plus, we know that they're going to be shooting for that PG 13 type rating. Yeah. So I think that's going to. I think it kind of cuts the balls off the character a little bit, you know. Former mercenary, current current vigilante operates very much like Batman does, yeah. but you're not going to let him have the violence. I mean, it depends. It really does depend. I mean, they could do it. It's a fine line, though. That's my, the problem. My favorite version of this character was the was the David Finch written and and drawn uh, comic that 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 was back in. Jeez, oh, it was like right. 2006. Uh, it's a fantastic comic. You guys should pick it up. The art in it is absolutely fantastic. But uh, you know. I, I'm excited for this because I'm thinking that instead of an Egyptian god, I think they're going to make Khonshu a Wakandan god, which would give us ties to Black Panther. And I think that could be very interesting. That's obviously not anything that's confirmed, just a theory of mine. But I, I, I think that that's extremely interesting. Moving on. The other show that was announced, Miss Marvel. This will follow the adventures of Kamala Khan. She is a Pakistani-American Muslim teenager. So... 
Uh, she has shape-shifting abilities, stretching abilities, and these start to develop after she finds out that she shares genes with Inhumans. Now, yeah. that's interesting because they haven't mentioned Inhumans in the MCU for quite some time because the show was such a fucking failure. <laughs> it absolutely failed. Didn't even get past the pilot. So I'm wondering if she's going to wind up having mutant genes, and this might be our small little step into a mutant world where we may have some mutant characters start showing up at the MCU and our first little bit of of insight into into how Marvel will handle mutants post the Fox merger. But anyway, she's the fourth uh, version of this character and she is the one that's most recently present in the comics. And honestly, while while looking at this, while I'm excited, I like this character. I like getting like this like little teenage story and stuff like that. Uh, she's clearly, you know, Marvel and Disney's diversity high but I think Disney Plus is a nice way f- is, is a nice place for her to exist. But you can get excited for this, right? Because she because okay. she exists in this PG thirteen realm, but also she's Miss Marvel, like so she's going to have ties to 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 the Captain Marvel films. And the third and final show that they announced was that She Hulk Jennifer Walters will receive her own show. Now Jennifer Walters was a lawyer who needed an emergency blood transfusion from her cousin Mm. one bruce banner and after that blood transfusion jay she felt a little green under the gills you see what i did there a little green under the gills Ah, aren't you slow but she's a superhero and another strong female character to be added to the mcu uh she was an avengers mainstay for quite some time in the comics so that kind of has me excited to see her because uh i she is the replacement for the hulk and i i kind of see mark ruffalo getting pushed to the side a little bit maybe in the background a little bit with his role as as smart hulk professor hulk and stuff like that and being more of like a scientific liaison to the avengers and maybe not so much the guy that goes out there and throws a punch okay because he doesn't he doesn't feel like that guy anymore and and but she very much still will be uh so that does it for 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 the tv for the new tv shows we got a little bit of expansion news as well for some of the other shows that were announced during comic-con first off we learned Jay that what if they had some some image teasers they teased a zombie captain america obviously mm. paying pay, paying homage and, and probably getting into marvel zombies which was a big comic book hit uh they also showed peggy carter inside of that beta rays like um, old peggy like that, that 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 beta rays tank that she was that that captain america was in where where they get bombarded with the beta rays after getting the super soldier serum so she will actually be the one that receives the super soldier serum but they showed pictures of her and she had a british shield so everyone's now saying that she will be captain britain we also saw images of a skinny steve rogers in 1942 being given an Iron Man suit that was built by Howard Stark in mm. 1942, meaning he still technically takes power but becomes Iron Man instead of Captain America. And that's reminiscent of the Bullet Points uh, graphic novel, which was written by J. Michael Straczynski back in the day. So it seems like What If is going to play like in this realm of like... You know, this is the story that we told. Here is the alternate version. And each one of them is going to be half hour long episodes, I'm assuming. And the interesting thing they announced about Disney Plus is that all their shows are going to be one a week. Not going to dump it all on the streaming service like Netflix. That's huge. So that's a big 
thing because Amazon, I like it, and also Netflix, obviously, just but not put Hulu. It all on, but all it obviously once. hasn't hurt Hulu because Handmaiden's Tale was one of the biggest streamed shows, so it doesn't hurt them to release it one at a time. And this also, it also, uh, I was reading something about how releasing one uh, one a week stops or doesn't stop; it reduces piracy in a way even though i find that hard to believe because one of the highest pirated shows was game of thrones and that also was released weekly so um but that's it's it's mm. it's a reason for it but also i like the I idea just, i just don't know if it's gonna work through streaming though I, but i like the idea of waiting like it depends I, on the marketing so okay so for example netflix can't do it because their marketing is horrible right right yeah so absolutely. that that's a that's a reason right there so if if disney knows knows how to fix that issue but i like i learned this it could work i learned this well. firsthand while re-watching lost in a binge watch like mode i hated it like i no, didn't I, like it i understand week I understand. by week lost worked right. in a binge mode what lost doesn't work certain shows really benefit with that week off here's the thing Absolutely. I, I like the cliffhangers i i like yeah, waiting a I week i like i, I like being able to discuss something with I miss somebody it. i do yeah. I, I miss it too i, I really do i kind of like the but overall the, more, the the biggest thing that i've been taking away from everything so far this year is that disney really knows like their shit like they are prepared mapped out and forking up the money to get Jay, why do you think they walked away from the Sony done. deal because they went fuck off playboys you make your <laughs> Spider-Man movie we'll still make money on your fucking merchandise <laughs> fuck you yeah because like I, I mean it's really impressive when you really think about it like this is some serious stuff and big stuff and big planning and I mean, I'm, I'm. This took probably a good four or five years to map. Doesn't out matter. Plan. Buying into it, I know it's that. Amazing. I'm, I know I'm buying into the I'm evil corporation, impressed. but uh, it, they're doing it well. They're, they they're, are doing it well. They're playing the evil empire well. I'm signing up. I'm building. Oh, I'm, I'm building Mickey Mouse statues. I'm going to Disney World this year. Uh, next, all right. So, so, so next uh, that we got a little bit of expansion information on was we learned uh, about a little bit more about the Falcon and Winter Soldier. We learned that. Baron Zemo will play a large role in it. We don't know whether he's going to be an ally or a villain. He'll probably start out as a villain, become an ally. And I low-key think that they're trying to sneak in the Underbolts with Baron Zemo because the Thunderbolts were a were an organization that is basically like Marvel's Suicide Squad. The bad guys go onto the Thunderbolts and they were led by Baron Zemo in in the original comics. Um, but we, you know, he's going to look like his comic book counterpart. The purple ski mask hood, um, you know, the sword, the, the, the militaristic look. We also learned that Sharon Carter Agent 13, played by Emily Van Camp, is going to also be joining the cast. Yeah. And they mentioned that John Walker, the U.S. agent, will also be appearing in the series. Now, if you don't know who John Walker is, U.S. agent, U.S. agent is the guy who stepped in for Captain America when Captain America said, fuck off, America. I don't represent you. You don't represent me. I'm going off to play as Nomad. John Walker stepped in to be Captain America when when Steve Rogers returned to the mantle. He became the U, the U.S. agent. So he's going to be also a major part of the series. Now, the expansion that we got for WandaVision is honestly low, like the biggest news drop of it secretly because this is the show that people were not that excited for. They dropped a lot of information about it to try to get people excited for it. <laughs> 
worked 100 percent. yeah first off we learned that it's going to be based on the tom king run of vision comics where vision kind of built himself an all-american life with a nuclear family of 2.5 kids suburban home white picket fences like he built everything that 20 year old dave said he would never wanted but secretly 33 year old dave absolutely is fucking jealous of yes. uh so we already know that the adult version of monica rambeau was announced for this series she goes on to become a superhero that's called blue marvel uh we also know that joining uh them along in this is going to be kat dennings and she's going to be returning as darcy from the thor films um and rumor is that this series will actually follow scarlet witch who was using her reality altering powers to construct the ideal life for herself much like the vision did in his comics and in this version the vision is still alive i wonder if she's going to keep that russian accent i, I hope not <laughs> uh the events of the show are going to be heavily are going to heavily influence wanda maximoff's character in dr strange at multiverse of madness uh which this is kind of giving me a lot of personal hope because if she's building this fake life with with the dead vision like in reality altering powers that means she's going to create the kids that go on to join the young avengers i mean that that she'll probably make the kids wiccan and speed uh from the who, who were in the young avengers comics and they'll make their first appearance here now we may finally get confirmation of a proper young avengers type property in the future now that we have an older cassie lang coming out of endgame scrolls have appeared in in captain marvel which would give us hulkling and the possibility of wicked and speed showing up in this also kate bishop being announced for the hawkeye film all they need is for patriot to show up in the falcon winter soldier and we would have the majority of the original young avengers roster for them to move forward with now young avengers i could see not being a Marvel movie, but being another Disney Plus TV show that they would wind up doing. Doesn't matter. I love that comic written by Alan Heinberg. Check it out. It's worth it. It's a fantastic read. Yeah, WandaVision, I'm pretty excited for. I think it's going to be so interesting. I always yearn for more with the movies with those two characters, right. and I love the actors. I so also like this idea of, of a psychological break sure, where she, sure. create, she uses her powers to create this world for herself, which also would get you into House of M, where she kind of loses her mind a little bit and whispers the words, no more mutants and destroys the mutant population which this could very easily set up for the mutants to enter the mcu there's a lot of things that like people low-key don't realize that like wanda maximoff as the scarlet witch was involved in she she disassembled the avengers by losing her mind and creating reality altering powers causing hawkeye's death and the black knights and uh you know she 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 disassembled the avengers for four years until they returned in the new avengers Mm. So there's a lot of ideas that that go along in the comic books that this could pay homage to and also bring into the MCU and also well, bring in these characters like the mutants, like the X-Men or the Fantastic Four. Maybe not. But Fantastic let me ask Four, you this. Does also doing it in a funny like sitcom like, is type it, way. Is it only going to play in their series is wheelhouse? Like is it it's not gonna connect with no, other kind of 100%, series? Like, I think all these series are gonna wind up connecting. I see, think all right. See that that's that's th- that's the brilliancy of what they're doing with Disney Plus is if you want to continue your MCU if, watching if really, through phase four, 
it, you uh, need to subscribe to Disney Plus. If they really do that, that's pretty fucking genius. You're you're not going to understand the MCU come the movies of Phase Four, right? If you didn't watch these series, I 100% guarantee you, right, right, that right. you're not going to get a whole lot if, yeah. if you no, did. I mean. It's beautiful. Finally, the final bit of Marvel news that I have, we learned that joining his on-screen brother, Richard Madden, will be Kit Harington in the Internals movie. So Jon Snow and Rob Stark are back together in the Eternals movie. Kit Harrington will be playing Dane Whitman, the Black Knight. Also, you know, in in the Eternals, he his love interest yeah. is Cersei, which is crazy to think of, but yeah. Cersei is his love interest, and he was an Avengers mainstay, the Black Knight, from the 1960s until the 1980s. And even during an interview, Kevin Feige kind of said, like, yeah, he's going to make his premiere in in the Eternals movie, but. We got more of Kit Harrington coming. Yeah, He's going to play a larger I, I role. Think, I think this is super smart on Disney's aspect, but also for Kit. Because I'm going to be... I know we haven't seen much of him, but I really, Other than Game of Thrones, all of his so, other movies have been shit. That's where I was going to get at. Pompeii, I think he uh, is the, the type of actor like Chris Hemsworth, where I think his look and his acting ability... Lend himself to this. Works exactly. better on these big epic scale films than boutique films or even mid range films that are going to be more character driven. I just, certain actors have to know, hopefully earlier than later, their wheelhouse and know how to just work it and work it well. Fuck, look at The Rock, biggest movie star in the world right now. If you got a big dick, I mean, let me search it. Seriously. Find out how I got to work it. <laughs> I mean, it's the it's, it's, the, it's the it's the most true thing I think that I hope people are now realizing in Hollywood and and really just narrowing down your wheelhouse and just fucking stick with it. Yeah, like honestly, like there's only so many Daniel Day Lewis's out there, right. or, or or whatever. And, like, and let's I mean, face it, Kit Harrington he broods really well, and he does, and that's what he does well. And he works in an ensemble cast really well. And, yeah. and as far as carrying his own movie, it's not that's not him. They tried. They tried. They and absolutely it all, did. It all failed horribly. It, yeah, it's it's never really not necessarily on, for his fault. It's just it just didn't work. Right. I mean, the, the movies that that he's been in, um, you know, but his name and his look still carries a lot of weight. Now, if you put him in a big cinematic right. uh, title or feature or brand right, or whatever, right, right now it carries weight, but but soon it may not. So so jumping on this bandwagon now and getting in on it now keeps him alive and keeps him in the zeitgeist because you know the movies that he's made on his own, you know, out of that, you know, the death and life of John. Donovan, oh, huge failure. Super small, weird indie movie. You know, MI5, big time failure for him. Uh, Pompeii, big time failure. Silent, really Hill, Silent Hill, Silent Hill, yeah. Revelation, yeah. big time failure for him. But you put him in an ensemble cast and you give him a role to play yeah. in that. And and, and and that role works within his wheelhouse like this role would, it's going to be perfect. Now, on the other flip side, uh, Richard Madden, I see him as a bona fide star someday. Yes. Yes. I mean, Bodyguard was phenomenal. He's that on show his was really good. Um, and he's just a beautiful dude. Absolutely. I mean, that's it for me and Jay's Marvel news uh, that came out of D23. I know there was like a ton of other news. We just don't have time to really get into all of it because me and Jay 
got to get a little drunk. We're going to have to start drinking our yeah, beers we do. because we got Star Wars to talk about. And that is going to be a massive part of this episode is breaking down all the shit from Star Wars. But look, if you guys want to hit us up and talk more into depth about all this kind of news and information or whatever you want to talk about. Yeah, we got theories. Just fucking hit us up. We got ideas. Facebook, we got brains. Twitter, whatever. We're just hit use us them. up. You know how to reach out to us. <laughs> do it up. And uh, yeah, let's talk. All right, let's head over and let's get into our beers. Welcome back to the beer segment. Me and Jay got two beers that we are going to be reviewing for you. But before we do that, we've got to drop a line to our sponsor, Blowfish. Blowfish, you know how it goes. It's the only FDA approved hangover cure. Two tablets, you drop into eight to 12 ounces of water, let it dissolve, drink that shit down. Your hangover starts to feel better immediately. If you don't want to get out of bed when you have a massive hangover and then make yourself this, this, this little tonic that's going to be fizzing and all that shit, mm. you can actually take it the night before when you go to bed and wake up without a hangover. I've had far more success with it that way. That's Dave approved. That's right. So if you would like to cure the scourge of hangovers for good, make sure that you head over to fourhangovers.com. Use the promo code SMBFISH. Get your 15% off and start curing hangovers for good. I've learned my lesson, sir. I see now what I've never seen before. I'm cured. Praise God. Super Movie Brothers is also brought to you by the Podcoin app. The Podcoin app is a podcast listening application that you can download on iOS or Android that allows you to listen to your favorite podcasts for free and actually allows you to earn points for each and every podcast minute that you listen to. Yeah, it's awesome. Each minute that you're listening to it, you're earning these points. These points can be exchanged for gifts for yourself, like gift cards, or you can donate it to charity and you can be a charitable Chaz, just like Jay and I have become oh so head over to ios or android and download and download the podcoin app all right jay we got two beers that we're going to be reviewing for everybody what beer are you drinking today well i found myself a nice little thing on the clearance rack it is breckenridge brewing company's lucky you ipa is 5.7 alcohol by volume it definitely has uh, a complex little flavor palette to it it's very smooth it's very mild but it's th- it has a little bit more of that melty kind of ipa flavor that melty or malty 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 yeah there you go <laughs> Uh, it has seven different hop varieties, and it is it's okay. It's an okay beer. I feel like it's just one of their like low rent IPAs that they made or something like that. It's nothing high quality, but it does the trick. It's solid. I'm gonna give it a a three out of five. You know why it sucks, Jay? Because you're drinking a bud, baby. I know that's true. We just recently found that out. Breckenridge was purchased by Anheuser Busch in Bev in 2016. That broke my heart. Yeah, that broke my heart. Eh, don't let it. Don't let it set you back. It's just you know, it's just the name of the game, right? It's just weird. Like I look at that can and I'm like, what a shitty can. And you're like, yeah, it's a shitty beer. And I was like, yeah. You know what? The, the less creativity they put into the can, the less good the beer is, which would be a true statement if I wasn't drinking this Yards Brewing Company Loyal Lager. This thing is absolutely fucking delicious. Plain as all get out bottle, but 
I know, but it is. It's yards, baby. Dude, it packs a fucking punch. I really like it. It is extremely bold. It is dark in color. You already tried it. Why are you watch why are you reaching I for didn't it? Try it? God damn it. So this thing is bold. It is extremely slightly hopped, but uh it, it has like this very nice, like little bitter finish to the end of it that I really enjoy. It's extremely dark in color, which it's a is a proper lager. It's a proper fucking lager, which like yards always always makes a lot of these beers that are just like traditional beers. They don't get too crazy with with any of their ingredients. A lot of their recipes have have were developed in the 17 and 1800s. Yeah. So th- they don't innovate a whole lot. What they do is they perfect already existing recipes. Right. Like the brawler, for like, example, right. is a classic one. And this one's just absolutely yeah. pretty. It's 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 dynamite for a fucking for a fucking lager, man. Uh, you know, and I really enjoy their homegrown lager as well, which is their hoppy lager. This is mm-hmm. this is only slightly hoppy. Like it it, it does not even have a hint of hop up front at all it's just a slight little bitter on the back end i'm honestly as far as lagers go man i am giving this a 4.25 this thing is fucking delicious look at so jay are you ready to get your lightsaber up let's do it man yeah because we 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 talked we talked about everything else from d23 we talked about marvel it feels like so long since we talked about star wars since we talked about star wars i know anything like star wars anything and now Um, and now it seems like with with some of the some of the news that's been coming out you know we already touched on the obi-wan stuff like a little bit early on but we're going to be getting Star Wars for quite some time on TV before we even see it again in the theater. So let's break down the new teaser trailer for The Rise of the Skywalker and the one that I'm more excited for, Jay, The Mandalorian. Cut the beat and let the music play. No trailer park. Shout out to Dave and Jay. I don't serve, but it's a new wave. We've been on since God saved the right stop. I don't want to flow until I know that the bass drop. Yeah, Star Wars, man. It just makes me feel so good to be seeing more Star Wars stuff. You know, it's been and then some. I know it's been like two <laughs> years. You know, it's been like two years. You know, I've I've I got into celebration and stuff like that a couple months ago, and and it, and it, it reinvigorated Star Wars for me for a little while, and then it kind of went away because I had to deal with the whole Marvel shit that was going on. Of course. A tons of Marvel stuff, and now, like, all the Marvel stuff is done. I, I That's not coming out until after, after November, you know, so I can focus on Star Wars right now, and that's and that's where my headspace is, and seeing all this stuff, I'm like, I'm getting giddy. Uh, however, out of the, these two Star Wars trailers that we are going to be discussing, you know, obviously the ri- uh, the rise of the Skywalker and the Mandalorian, one I'm, overrides another one as far as your anticipation. Yeah, and, my anti- or maybe like, not so much anticipation, but excitement. I'm from the trailer. crazy excited for the Mandalorian. Yeah. Like I'm liking and what I under- I'm seeing. I completely understand why. I, I'm I'm liking the cast. I'm liking you know obviously John Favreau being behind sure. the show, and I like and the fact that they're confident enough in it going into it that during D23 they they've already said we're in we're in pre production for season two already. Like, which is sick. Well, and, yeah, and. and 
what's really cool about it for me is that this is more up my alley. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so I'm excited for that. And I think visually. Well, you grew up watching Sergio Leone movies with your dad, right? Like you grew sure. up, you know, the man with no name, hang him yeah. high, uh, you know, outlaw Josie Wales, like all this like and spaghetti Western stuff that this is deriving right. itself from. Exactly. And I think this is probably going to be the grittiest thing that Disney Plus will ever have. <laughs> It, <laughs> on, well, we talked we service. talked about Moon Knight a little bit. Well, that, sure, sure, and and, and but I mean, as far as uh, well, well, whatever. But we'll see, we'll see. But it's really exciting that this is right. like the first big it's, thing and it's coming out, and I'm I'm really excited for but it. But that's the Mandalorian. We're gonna be actually ending our episode yeah. discussing that because I feel like there's a lot, a lot more of to discuss there them, yeah. and digest there. But there's also a ton of stuff to digest and discuss here in our first trailer for the Rise of Skywalker. of Skywalker is upon us. Oh boy. And you know, I kudos to them for at least giving us all new footage in this. You know, there there was a ton of stuff to go over in the original trailer, uh the, the original teaser trailer that we got, and they went ahead and they found a whole they, they were able to give us a whole bunch of new footage that doesn't spoil too much cuz I think that's going to be our problem going forward in this is we're not going to get a whole lot story-wise in, in, in any of these trailers. I mean, missing... Well, why miss, would you even want that? Right. Missing you know, from this trailer to. is Carrie Russell and her character, who we know she's playing some sort of scum and villainy, who is also happens to be a friend of Poe Dameron. Uh, and then we also did not see Matt Smith, who for a long time, they were kind of saying, like, he's in it, he's not in it, you know, he's never confirmed that he's in it, all this stuff. And there's a lot of rumors about who he's playing. Mm. People believe he's playing some sort of dark side acolyte who who is allowing himself to be possessed by Palpatine. But there's a lot of theories out there. Well, and I, he's got the look for it. I mean, that would make sense. I, I kind of want to stay away from theories uh, a little bit while going through this trailer that we're doing here for this very special Star Wars trailer park. Uh, you know, it's this is just a what we see and breaking it down. So obviously, the first thing that we get in this trailer is Luke Skywalker's you know voiceover where he's saying a thousand generations live in you it's kind of like you know this it's it's your story and then we later on in the end we hear the the emperor saying your journey is at its end mm. uh I, I, while 
I'm sure that these are lines that are in the film and they're being told to some character, either Ray or Kylo. Th- they're talking to us. This is meta. Yeah, they're talking to, to the audience. The mo- it might not be in the movie. It doesn't really have to be. Right. But they're but they're definitely telling us, you know, sure. like this is the end. They're right. they're really selling hard that this is the end of the Skywalker saga. And that's what this movie and JJ Abrams is attending this movie to do is to bridge everything together the prequel trilogy the fucking trilogy the trilogy the one that we all grew up watching and then this new trilogy it's going to be bringing a close to all of that and i think that that also lends credence to the name the rise of skywalker because this is the end of the skywalker saga so the first bit of new footage we see is uh ray poe finn chewbacca and c-3po they're on a desert planet this desert planet it's most likely pasana as they as they've said in some of the marketing material uh it's not Jakku. It's not Tatooine, according to them. This is, uh, you know, those are two other desert worlds, Jay. Uh, This is its own desert world, which tells me that since, uh, you know, Star Wars has relied on a single uh, typography for all of their planets, you know, Endor is a forest moon. Uh, Hoth is an ice planet. Mm -hmm. You know, we got Crate in in The Last Jedi that was like this barren salt you know, planes, flatland that they were on. This is another desert planet. So Star Wars has run out of typography ideas and it's just another fine. desert, desert looks planet. Good. Uh, so we see there that there's some sort of celebration that's going on uh, with the planet's inhabitants, the Aki Aki, and uh, which sounds like a Hawaiian fish. Be that as it may. Uh, and it looks like they're having some sort of like alien celebration, like some sort of like burning man. Like there's like these, these like uh, chalk, like fireworks going off and it's very colorful. There oh, even yeah. is a giant like figure in the center of it that looks like a Burning Man about to be burned. And this might explain why C-3PO has bloodshot eyes later on because he got down there. He got some Aki Jong, you know, partied it up a little too hard. Up a little he bit needs some blowfish. <laughs> and that's and, and that's what has C-3PO looking so haggard later on uh, is that is that he just imbibed just a little bit too much. <laughs> but the dude abides. Uh, so, yeah. All right. All right. All right. Next, we see Carrie Fisher. And I got to say, like, first off, I was super worried about how they were going to be doing this. I knew they were going to be respectful, and I knew that they weren't going to be doing any CGI trickery to her face or to her body or anything like that. Like, they they said that, you know, she would not be de-aged or anything like that. They wouldn't be doing a full CGI figure of her like they did uh, for her in Rogue One. They said that every bit of footage that we got from Carrie Fisher in this movie will be footage of Carrie Fisher either unused or or being repurposed footage that they had already shot. So, yeah, I'm curious how they're going to do that. Well, I mean, we're seeing it here. Here the like the image that we're seeing here is actually an image from her in The Force Awakens. Her her face and her body are are her. That is actual film footage. Right, right. But her clothes and the background are new. That's digitally added, which I think is an extremely respectful way to do it. And it, it allows her to still act. It's still her acting in this role. Yeah. And it, so it's still her this face. This is the first time this has ever happened, ever. <laughs> yeah. So it's kind of odd to. Yeah, they're, they're, kind, they're kind of like breaking new ground um, with it, but at the same time, like I'm, in, I'm sure it's a lot of work. It's it's pretty flawless though. Like, and and I yeah, like the way yeah. and it's it's crazy to think that like we're three years in after her death, and it's like, and seeing her here like built 
up a little bit of emotion for me. I didn't cry, you know. I, I think I, I think oh, I've cried about as much as I not can. Yeah, but point. you know, <laughs> we'll wait. on opening day and Christmas opening time, day, yeah, you'll be. But I mean, like we just we just came off of doing our our uh, you know top ten trailers, which we got our asses handed to us uh, in the polls on that. And granted, it was run by the Countdown Pods Facebook crew who voted forty four to them and ten to us. So you know, um, I, 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 I think if I ran my own poll for that, we might we might come out on top i'm a little sour on that rematch rematch someday Uh, (laughs) but maybe like you know i I don't have the emotion that i was describing when we were on the countdown pod that i had with the force awakens teaser like i'm not getting any of that here and i don't know what it is it might be that i am a little bit worn on this series at this point given this new you know sequel trilogy that we've gotten but that's beside the point uh the next the next thing we see is the resistance fleet mobilizing we see x-wing a-wing and b-wing fighters b-wing fighters we haven't seen in this trilogy to date jay uh and in front of them we see this blockade runner and it looks a lot like the tantive four uh and that's the ship that was the first ever like image pretty much that appeared in a star wars film back in 1977 uh so the rumor is that this ship is the tantive four you know it's not just any blockade runner it is the fucking tantive four and this was kind of teased by jj abrams uh with some set photos uh next we see rows upon rows upon rows upon rows of star destroyers and the thing about these star destroyers that they're showing in this like with this kind of like blue backdrop is that they are not star destroyers that we've seen the first order using before these are old school ones these are these are uh, you know the original trilogy ones and it's got a lot of people wondering whether this is some sort of vision because of the way the the rows are all perfectly straight and Mm -hmm. stuff like that a a little bit reminiscent of ray in the cave snapping her fingers and seeing herself in this perfect straight line with all different versions of herself and there's other people who are thinking that no, this is the Emperor himself controlling these Star Destroyers using a power that was seen in the, in the old EU called Battle Meditation. Whatever it is, it's kind of like this haunting image because the image we got before that was kind of like this ragtag crew of like a dozen ships maybe that, that, that look like they're barely holding it together. And they're going up against this, this militaristic power of the First Order and the old Star Destroyers like this. And uh, they're very clearly in the same atmosphere, at least. They're in the same, they're in the same scenes because right. the next scene we get, we see Jaina, who is possibly you know this the little sperm that could of lando's <laughs> that, that that made it in and 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 made a baby uh that's the big rumors that she is lando's daughter probably because in fandom and and in star wars there's not all that many people of color jay i don't know if you know this but like there's like lando and there's like mace window there's any black people in the trilogy so when you see someone uh and, and it's, it's true and it's and, and it's a black character you're like oh bet you they're related to one of those two <laughs> <laughs> and since mace window was a celibate monk <laughs> pretty oh, much uh, it, it's got to be lando's little seed that could and she's she's in the cockpit with finn aboard a ship and in the background we can actually see what looks like the the top spire of like a b-wing and there's that blue hue and lightning going on the 
the background. So kind of leading you to believe that this is all kind of from like the same type of battle. Next, we get like kind of like this quick shot of like a beam of energy that's very reminiscent of Starkiller Base from The Force Awakens that's hitting a planet's surface. And even though we're not seeing it fully, I don't think that this is full destructive power. Mm -hmm. So I don't want to say that there's another Starkiller Base, but perhaps there is another type of super weapon that they've mounted onto to one of their to one of their ships and they're firing it onto planets. Uh, but it just kind of seems like like you know maybe baby Starkiller Base. Then the next one we see is Ray training in the forest. She has a training remote just like Luke did on the Millennium Falcon back in the day, and she clearly has something against trees. She's cut down one tree, then she throws a lightsaber at the remote, misses the remote mind you the remote dodges it she cuts through another tree and then she calls it back to her hand now one of the things that is that's kind of cool about this is even though lightsaber throwing is something like as a star wars fan you're so fucking used to you, you know they did it in the knights of the Old republic video games they've done it in a lot of the comics not cinematically they, never cinematically it's never been seen cinematically and we're seeing it here in this trailer when she catches it she has a bandage on her hand so i really really hope to see some badass fight sequences i hope so because her. i'll be honest like i watched she needs to like she needs to like have some like one of the most epic so here's one of the things sequences I, I actually watched like recently I watched this uh I watched a stunt choreographer and a, and and like a stunt man go over that that awesome like Praetorian Guard red room fight that was in right. the that was in the last Jedi and apparently that is a fucking stuntman mess like he was going over why that is like one of the worst big budget fight scenes he's ever seen in his entire life and like they would know it ruined it for me <laughs> it honestly uh, ruined it for me well you brought that on yourself i did because <laughs> i loved that scene when i came out I, when i came look, out of the last jedi and then i watch it now as and did I'm, i it was one of my favorite things but i, I i'm not surprised dude, i'm catching these dudes like waiting for like ray to like hit her cue and he's like okay she's gonna hit her cue so i'm gonna hit it and everything's like a half step off everything's just like off and it's like the only like and he even said like the only redeeming part of this entire scene is her throwing that lightsaber to Ben and him catching it and and just deucing that guy like right behind Sick. him. Yeah. yeah, and he's like that saves the fucking scene yeah. <laughs> like right there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think I I might have to watch that. <laughs> yeah, just it's it's I think I actually caught that myself. It's corridor but crew. It's they, one of those things where it didn't help that it was in slow-mo. A lot of times right. too, and there was a lot of and the guy weird cuts is a stuntman who's been in legit stuff. Right, he's he's been in Winter Soldier. He was a stunt choreographer for the Punisher series, like and and he was Frank Castle's stunt double in yeah. that. So like he All knows top notch action shit, action right? stuff. Right. So like, when, big so, time. So when I'm watching this, and like he even like ends like you his, and I love. He ends like his rant, like kind of like winking. He's like, yeah, Disney, like. Give me a call for maybe some of these fights that you want to do in Star Wars movies, but I think you're right. You know, you're hoping you're hoping for this yeah. for this type of action for for something that's a little bit less ballet, something that's a little bit more something that's a little bit tougher, something that's a little bit more gritty, or something that's a little bit more harder. I'm hoping for that. I gotta watch more of their episodes. Like, I'd be really curious to see what they thought of. Um, right. You know, different kind of movies. Yeah. Check them out. They're on YouTube. Corridor Crew. Uh, yeah. they, they 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 are all special effects artists, and they it, it, their their show kind of started out as special effects artists watching bad CGI, which is which is fun as well to check sure, out. Sure. Uh, so Ray has this bandana has this bandana on her on her hand. She either has an injury, or my theory is that 
she too got into the Aki Ganj and uh, she she joined the gang. <laughs> and that's 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 her Aki gang, co- you know, colors, man. That's her Aki Aki gang colors, you know. When she goes back to, on Pasana, she's got safe passage. <laughs> uh, next, we see Kylo just kind of like brooding, you know. He's still like the very angry kid, strikes oh, up his lightsaber. Of course. Walking away from his TIE fighter advanced. Yeah. Uh, Lightning! Somebody stole his lunchbox. Yeah, you know, he's just, lightning he's is striking in the background. Just yeah. so you know that the atmosphere is is reacting to his inner turmoil <laughs> <laughs> as he walks towards the screen. We th- this is the moment where we get Emperor Palpatine's voice, and he says, "Your journey." is near its end uh but we don't really know who he's talking to then we get you know the the scene of ray and kylo like squaring off right they're squaring off and there's waves crashing all around them again the atmosphere is matching the turmoil right like there's massive waves crashing over and they're fighting on what looks like the the wreckage of the death star too because we saw that image in the last teaser of, of of the radial dish of the of the super weapon that was attached to the Death Star two, on this ocean pretty much, and right. now we're seeing them fight on it here. And the reason we know that it is a part of the Death Star is because off on the left we can see what looks like a turret, the same turrets that fired at the X wings that were doing the trench run in A New Hope. So that's what makes everyone think that this is the Death Star. Yeah, it may it made me remind it actually reminded me a lot of uh, the Pirates of the Caribbean. I think it was like at World's End or something like that. Okay. Like the third one. You're going trilogy. to a strange place here. but Well, because at the time, it was a massive, expensive set piece where okay. it ended the film on the ocean with this big, epic fight sequence. And for some reason, the way the water was, I don't know. It just reminded me of that fight sequence with Captain Jack and uh, whoever the fuck it was, Balbosa or, or somebody. Because Captain Jack will get you high tonight. I don't know why I flashed back to that. And take series. you to your but, special island. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so anyway, th- it looks like that they're going to be having their their big final showdown, or at least something tells me this is like midway through the movie. Because I, I I low key have like a theory that Kylo is going to turn good, and I I don't I don't like it. I actually don't want that to happen, but looks like it may happen. Uh, but anyway, we then see Ray uh, the final shot. In a black cloak, looking very much like you know Darth Maul did in that fucking tits scene that was in uh, mm. episode one, you know where he takes off the hood and you get the bum dun dun dun, the beginning of the duel of the fates, and she has a lightsaber in her hand and it's got it's got two it's got it's is got this two a, blades. Is this to a it. new one? So right, have you seen this before? Like on this type of lightsaber? Or? Actually, I have. This type of lightsaber looks a lot like Pon Krell's lightsaber from the uh, Crisis on Umbara arc from the Clone Wars. He actually is a four-armed like type of Jedi. He's the same. He's the same uh, creature as what's his name, Jexter Dexter. You know, <laughs> the guy who warned you about seeing all those cloners out in the outer <laughs> rim. Uh, so Pon Krell has like these. They 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 are double bladed lightsabers, but they fold up, and he can use them singularly. And this is very much the same way. So it's got a very unstable red blade, much like Kylo's. And she kind of unfolds it, and the trailer ends. And yeah. you know, you're left to think like red lightsaber, bad guy. But there there's a lot of theories that are going on out there, and I don't want to get into them too heavily. But I did have to ask our listener community over on Twitter what they thought of this. So Jay. It's time for question of the week. Ooh, yeah. You could ask yourself a question. Do I feel lucky? Well, do you, punk? It just raises too many questions. Excuse me. I'd like to ask you a few questions. 
The answer to the ultimate question of life, the universe, and everything. All right, so we reached out to all of our listeners on Twitter, and we asked in the new Star Wars Rise of Skywalker trailer, you know, we see Rey, she's possibly fallen to the dark side, or this could possibly be a vision from her Jedi trials. Let us know what you think. And we got a lot of people reaching out to us. In Session Film Podcast said that it was a vision. Shaken Nut Nerd said that he has an idea, and he sent me a gif of a clone trooper. So he's obviously saying that he believes that she is a clone. At Bishopman69 said it's obvious that she wants to be Darth Maul Part 2, but then who wouldn't want to be? Mm. <laughs> uh, movie Reviews in 20 Questions says it's Rey's evil twin sister who's been secretly trained by the Force Ghost of the Emperor and has just been hanging out, sithing around. Can you <laughs> literally tell that that was the only idea I could come up with? Weird With You podcast said Palpatine was experimenting with babies on Mustafar, and we know that he supposedly learned the secret to Sith immortality from Darth Darth Plagueis the Wise uh, before killing him. Maybe she is a clone or a vessel of some kind. That's why she has no parents. That could also mean that this possibly is not her. It's a lot, the lot, lot in there. Sure. The, the theories are so vast and deep on this. It's a Jedi vision and a whole lot of nostalgia coming our way. Next one comes from at Horror Show Podcast, Real Horror Show Podcast. They said she's going to fall to the dark side for about 10 minutes, which is going to be just long enough for Disney to push all that new merch. <laughs> Drinks with Larry says this is her vision in the cave, much like the last Jedi showed her who her parents were. She is a clone and Ray is in the trailer is the original person. So okay. they're, so they're kind of saying that like what 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 Drinks with Larry is saying is that, you know, we've got that vision in the last Jedi where she's looking at multiple versions of herself and they're right. all doing the same thing, which he's saying is kind of leading credence to the fact that she may be a clone. At Rob N. McCormick, he says this is Palpatine's attempt at screwing at screwing over the galaxy. And after his defeat in Return of the Jedi and the fall of the Empire, Palpatine is actually still alive and has hatched the ultimate endgame revenge plot, the annihilation of half the galaxy and all of his enemies. This is his last shot at absolute galactic rule. And where did that lead you? Back to me. <laughs> Uh, and then Comics Vision said it's a vision similar to what Luke saw on Dagobah. He went to kill Vader, and when he looked upon the mask, he saw himself. It's something similar to what could happen if she fell to the dark side. I Am Geek at I Am Geek Show said, if you slow it down frame by frame, you can actually see a blurry image on the right that mimics Ray's lightsaber arm. It's a little bit of a mirror force image, much like we saw in The Last Jedi. I believe it's a vision of what could happen, but is not reality. Hmm. So there was something else that I noticed, but I'll get into to my little theory towards the end here. As a good friend once told me, it's more than likely a misdirect. And I think that is a hundred percent true. At Mets fan, that's Mets with a Z, says Star Wars has always been a story of light versus dark, and she embodies the light the way Luke did in the original trilogy. If she falls, there is no light. I say it's a vision, and my daughter would be destroyed if she fell. So I'm hoping that she doesn't. Finally, at Batman McGregor. 
Grath says, first, I, I like some parts of the trailer, but not the whole thing. Second, no, she is not going Sith. Most likely a dream or a vision has no one seen Empire Strikes Back. And third, Ray promotes deforestation. It's in the trailer, which is 100% true. We also had one where someone said that they believed that it was Carrie Russell, which actually Lauren thought that when yeah. she first saw it, because Ray looks a little gaunt. She looks a little pale. It doesn't really look like Ray, but it is 100% Ray, at least. My theory, Jay, would you like Think to know mine or, or, or what's yours? Do you have uh, I, I can't do theories. <laughs> so my theory is that. this is a force vision, uh, like in a cave. You know, it's very similar to The Last Jedi, very reminiscent of The Empire Strikes Back. I do believe that this is some sort of force vision, although I also believe that it is going to sell some toys. <laughs> Yes. Wow. I mean, merchandising, merchandising, where the real money from the movie is made. Baseballs, the flamethrower, and my favorite, Spaceballs, the stuffed doll. May the Schwartz be with you. And look again, <laughs> it's a great cliffhanger. It is. It it's is a great way to end it. It is. It's it's a nice hook to to get us into in, in our seats. Uh, but the I do think talking. I do think that it's a force vision. I know a lot of people think that it's a clone and it does have something to do with, with Palpatine's plot and it very well may. I, I just really feel like it, it's it's a force vision and man, it, it's just, it, it is so deep that if you start going down the rabbit hole of theories, you're going to lose well, you'll, perspective. Your mind probably too. You're going to lose perspective <laughs> on, on, on what's sure, important. Sure, sure. And it's that the, it, 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 it's going to have some greater resonance into the story, whether it's a vision or whether she's a clone. And, and either way, you're not going to know until you're you not gonna see know until the you see. Movie. Yeah, that's like these te- like that's what Disney does. They fuck with you. Like these are strictly to right. get your butts in the theater. We talk about it with Marvel. Now I'm not saying in this case they're but, not spoiling. But we talk about story. with Marvel trailers a lot how they digitally take out things or all add things time. in to all hide secrets. Now all the time we don't talk about that a lot with Star Wars trailers. Now I'm not saying that this is some sort of like fake out or anything like that. I'm sure that this is 100 something that is in the movie. But um, th- 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 there's certainly that a miss. There's sure. certainly a misdirect that is going on here because right. they're not going to put it flat out for you like that that it's Hell like no. ray falls to the dark side it's it's something deeper with a little bit of layers and uh no you know and either way it's a cool visual and it's more interesting um also another thing to discuss that, and talk about and also contemplate. another thing that makes me think that this is a vision she has an unstable lightsaber much like kylo ren's right mm. so that's the only version of red lightsaber she's ever seen so of course in a vision hers would be unstable but why wouldn't it just be a straight solid beam like her old lightsaber well she Did, she she was always a staff girl right remember? but but, so. but that has nothing to do with the blade it has nothing to do with the beam well, I don't right? know. so it has it, it, it's it's unstable like Kylo's and, and I someone did tell me I, I I'm sorry I didn't get to it and I didn't get their name from Twitter but someone was like what if this is Kylo Ren's lightsaber repurposed after his death and that red lightsaber doesn't necessarily mean bad or good it's just something she's using as the new skywalker right okay fair fair all all it's things a, are it's po- a good theory all it's things good. are possible and we all have nothing to back up these theories <laughs> zero we're just we're just super excited we're just geeks so i want to thank everybody yes, who reached out to us on so twitter much. to answer our listener question of the week jay we got another trailer to get to man the meat and potatoes the one that i am extremely excited for we yeah. have the mandalorian trailer let's get into it Bounty hunting is a complicated profession. Don't you agree? 
the man with no name, the outlaw, the Mandalorian. <laughs> I want it now. I know. It looks so fucking good, man. And I got to say, like, the cast is pretty fucking stellar in this shit. Man. Yeah, and I think Disney knows what they got on her right. on her hands right now, and they're going First off, full steam ahead. We don't see Pedro Pascal at all, who was cast as the Mandalorian. Smart, we, smart. We only see him in his costume with the helmet on. And I don't know if you noticed this, Jay, but I did make you about a year and a half ago. I made you watch Star Wars Holiday Special. It was you did one of your movie homeworks. Did you happen to notice that the Mandalorian looks an awful lot like the first appearance of Boba? Fett in that animated short that was part of the holiday special. Extremely. Yeah, he does. Uh, The helmet looks like it. It's silver like that. Obviously, the T-shaped visor, which is something that is iconic to all Mandalorians, but he has a blaster pistol on on, on his right side, much like Boba Fett did in that, but he also has like this this forked gun that Boba Fett had in that animated special, and that's the gun he's going to be using throughout the Mandalorian, which means, uh, first off, it's going to have dual purposes. It's going to be a rifle, but it's also going to have some other purpose, probably sure. like a shock prod or something, but I thought that was extremely interesting. Paying something a little tactile, because you don't necessarily want to kill right. you know, your, 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 your work. But immediately <laughs> it's already paying homage to Star Wars of yesteryear, and even the darkest, deepest corners of Star Wars of yesteryear. And that's some of the, dark and deep. Some of the stuff that we would like to forget as Star Wars fans, they're like, <laughs> nah, we're going to pay homage to it. Why not? I don't care. <laughs> you know, I, I could picture John Favreau being like, I remember staying up all night to watch that when it premiered on ABC <gasps> and being upset and angry. But I like that Boba Fett cartoon because when me and you watched it, it was the only part we liked. And that's exactly... <laughs> Right. And that's all. It, and that's all it takes with to get the geeks super right. on board with this, you, you know, know and, and be really hyped on it, th- and pay service to to the fans. The thing know? I always took away from that animated special was that they made Han Solo look a lot like Mick Jagger. Oh. <laughs> Well, you know, at that time, you know. So also joining this cast is uh, Ahmed Abtahi. Uh, he is playing Dr. Pershing. Bill Burr is in an episode of this. And Bill Burr has a great interview when he was being asked about, about Star Wars. And he's like, look, I fucking hate Star Wars, okay? He's like, I didn't see it when it came out. I saw it when I was like 27 years old. I, I fucking hate it. He's like, I just not, you know, he, he doesn't like Star Wars. Uh, and it's interesting that just because you don't like Star Wars, that doesn't mean that you can't still put a good performance in on it. So, uh, but he's going to be playing some sort of bounty hunter character. We've got uh, Gina Carano in this as well. People remember her from from Haywire, but probably more so from Deadpool. You know where she had a. You're gonna do superhero landing. Wait for it. Woo! Superhero landing. Murder on the knees. <laughs> uh, and then we get Gene uh, Carlo Esposito, who is playing Moff Gideon. Uh, so we'll get into him later on. Werner Herzog, mm. you know, famed Werner Herzog director, big time into documentaries. We got Nick Nolte in this. And these are my two favorite castings that they've done for this entire series. We get Taika Watiti and we have Carl Weathers. The Carl. Yeah, this is big stuff. Fucking Weathers, man. Uh, Carl Weathers is going to be playing Grief Karga, and Taika Watiti is going to be playing IG 11. Yeah, he looks fantastic, and obviously, uh, Taika is going to do a fantastic verbal. Uh, performance again. Oh yeah. So, so the way this the way this trailer starts off is absolutely 
lovely. It's gorgeous. I love it. So it's taking place sometime after Return of the Jedi, but not too far. You know, we're not into the building of the First Order or the Resistance yet, and there is no new Galactic Republic that's taken over. But you know the the empire has fallen so we get this image of all these like bloodied stormtrooper helmets sitting in the sand put in put on spikes and if you get so much as a whiff of treason from any of the rest head spikes walls yeah and this is very clearly tatooine you can tell by the architecture the rounded rooftops and stuff like that 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 are that, that are in the background there and uh it, it kind of tells you about people's thoughts on you know the the empire and and the falling the next image we get is a ship that's flying over lush green forest the mm-hmm. ship is called the razor crest this is the mandalorian ship and it kind of is reminiscent of the of the drop ships that the clones used in in the clone wars but it looks like it's been a little bit repurposed here uh we get this image of the mandalorian just kind of like slowly walking away from his ship over these arches as he heads into some outer rim world and it seems like what's going on is that in the outer rims the the empire has found some foothold has found some way to to survive it's splintered it's splintered apart but these these moths like Jean Carlo Esposito is playing are clearly like cutting themselves out small swaths of the galaxy right. in the outer rim to to continue to survive. We then see Carl Weathers kind of like offering the Mandalorian a little bit of money, uh, and the character that that he is playing in this, uh, you know, Grief Kagra, uh, he is one of the higher ups in the Bounty Hunters Guild. And one of the things they were saying is that throughout this, the Bounty Hunters. Are, are kind of at a loss with the empire gone there's no one really putting bounties out on people so they're not getting paid as much as they used to and it's kind of it's not even enough to like put fuel in your ship you know to, to resupply yourself after a hunt so it's kind of like desperate times out there for everybody not just the mandalorian himself but but the people in these outer rim worlds oh yeah we you know you love the shot where it's kind of like flying over like this desert that's like all cracked yeah. but it's but really it's cool yeah it's cool it's like it's it's like what you would see if you were walking in a dry desert, but just on like this grand scale. Yeah, like on a grander deep scale. Canyons. It, it's it has a really cool cinematic look. And then we get a shot of Gina Carano, and she is playing Cara Dune, who is a former Rebel shock trooper and now bounty hunter. You know, so he obviously surrounds himself in this world of scum and villainy. And then we f- get to see Nolte's character, who actually. It, he won't appear in this show. It's just his voice. He's lending his voice to an Ugnaught. You may remember them as mm-hmm. the guys who dismantled uh, C-3PO in, in The Empire Strikes Back. Uh, and he's he's riding on the back of like this two-legged dewback. Uh, you'll have to forgive me. I forget the name of the creatures. But uh, they first premiered in The Clone Wars in the Ryloth series. So then we get to hear like kind of like Werner Herzog's voice, right? Uh, he's he's playing like this, this like leader of like some sort of like outpost, some sort of town. And and he's kind of offering the Mandalorian a job, and he's saying like, you know, bounty hunting. It's you know, it's dangerous. He's got a great business. voice. It's hard work. Yeah, yeah I love it. And seeing um, him on screen again, it's really cool. And apparently, what the story will be is that Werner Herzog will be hiring the Mandalorian to find a bounty for him. Uh, he wants. He's going to want them dead or alive. He's going to want them alive. But if they have to come in dead, he wants proof of their demise. Uh, And it's going to turn out to be a little girl. We actually get a shot of her mother kind of like hugging her in a river. And it looks like she's hiding from some sort of threat. Uh, Possibly the death troopers that we get in the next scene. uh, The death troopers from Rogue One. And 
I'm thinking that what's going to happen is obviously the Mandalorian, even though he's this rough, tough, you know, gruff guy who is out for a kill and out for money and out for himself is going to find a little bit of heart and not maybe not take this bounty and start to protect this little girl instead of killing her, which is going to, of course, make him run afoul of the bounty hunters guild and his so-and-so, you know, so-and-so called friends mm. who are going to be coming after him. Right. We get this wonderful shot, and I love this shot, of the Mandalorian just kind of, his hand is on his holster, and he's tapping it with his with his finger, and off in the distance, it, it blurry, we can't see who it is. It looks like it may be another Mandalorian that he's going to be having a duel with. Then we get to see uh, Giancarlo Esposito in his Imperial outfit, looking very Grand Moff, looking very much like the leader of this group of of imperial remnants with death troopers behind him and then some of the final shots that we get we see like the mandalorian and ig11 who will be voiced by taika watsidi cutting into this like cutting into a wall pretty much this like wall falls out and they just kind of like walk into this to this bar clearly getting ready to start some shit and then we cut to a shot of ig11 and the way his head moves is he can look forward he can look backwards and he's got he's got arms on these swivel ball joints so he's firing forward he's firing backwards at the same time that like the action in this looks like it's going to be fucking crazy and then we get the the final shots of this where you know uh the the mandalorian is surrounded by stormtroopers and he's told that it's that's four to one and he says i like those odds (laughs) and it's a really cool scene where like he's both pointing that that forked that that four pronged rifle at one stormtrooper's face he's got his gun his pistol off in another direction and uh, we get to see him fighting as he's taking down aquarian those are the squid face guys and there's a guy running out the door and i love the way he throws his wrist rope out at him catches him and pulls him back in just like boba fett did in uh return of the jedi and as he does that the door is closing on the guy (laughs) And it looks like it's going to be cutting him in half, just kind of giving us a taste of the brutality of the Mandalorian's world that they're going to be selling us here in in the show. We also see images of what looks like a row of people frozen in carbonite, some sort of idea he may have picked up from some other Mandalorian along the way, Mm. or maybe after they did it to Han Solo, it kind of just became like standard practice for people to do that. It's a safe way to transport your your prisoner cargo, especially because you're not going to have to feed them you're not going to have to clean up after them you know you don't have to even like really keep them alive what you got to do is keep them locked up in this the the trailer ends with 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 Werner Herzog's voiceover and we we get the title card the Mandalorian over this desert and we see the twin sons behind us another reason why I think it's Tatooine and you know it closes out with with Star Wars music and this Jay seems to be everything I've wanted from additional Star Wars content it, it seems very reminiscent of Rogue One in, in tone that like in tone cinematography it sure. seems very reminiscent it, it, of Rogue it does. One it really does and it's it's all the stuff that we loved from that movie you know even though the movie may not be perfect for everybody but I think everybody can agree that a lot of good stuff was in there and I think all the good stuff that was from that movie we're seeing a lot of good stuff in this one as well. I've had a so. lot. I've had a lot of time to grow with Rogue One, and I think I've realized that post the original trilogy, it's my favorite Star Wars movie. Well, I think it's also it did a good job at breaking the mold. It did, you know? and and, and I think it, helping fans start that process of disconnecting a little bit. It's, they had to rip the band aid off at some point, and I think it was a good feature to do it with. Yeah, and. 
it look, I had fun with it. It was a great fun movie. And I mean, they're the, doing the great. Uh, the reshot hour was fantastic. You know, I mean, fuck, and they, that Vader fight sequence will stand. God damn, that was sick. Yeah, right. And, <laughs> it's and one of the best things ever. And I think they're doing it again here. This is the first Star Wars content that's going to be premiering on Disney Plus, and they're breaking the mold with Star Wars again while doing a lot to pay homage to a lot of Star Wars stuff that has come before it. You know, it, it it's still it's going its own way. It's going in a different direction. It's doing things differently than Star Wars has done before, while still making you feel comfortable with the world. Sure. Uh, and selling you on this new character on this idea, like Mandalorians for fans, like. Mandalorians are the most badass people in the galaxy, you know, like most people who, who just watch the movies. Boba Fett was a guy who was in Empire Strikes Back. And then he's a guy who kind of like got punked by Han Solo and fell mm. into a giant space worm's mouth. <laughs> like that's that's what happened to him. Uh, but for us who like who have, who have delved into his character in ancillary material, like we've grown to love like what Boba Fett is. And this seems to embody everything you've ever wanted to see from a Mandalorian character in this show. And I, I can't wait to watch it. I don't, I am a Mando fan. Like I do love Mandalorians. I love their lore. I love, I love a lot about them. I love seeing this here. I love seeing one of them in action. And I love the fact that they're keeping the mystique of the character like they did with Boba Fett by not showing Pedro Pascal's face and barely oh, hearing him talk. Very smart. He's speaking with his actions. And that's very much spaghetti Western. And that's also very much the way a Mandalorian, you know, in, in, in this, in, in a proper Star Wars is treated with, with an right. air of mystique. And I, you know, I'm sure we'll see Pedro Pascual's face in this. I'm sure we'll hear him talk, but I don't think we're going to see that humanity from him in the first episode. I would actually say, like, the first episode will at the very end will probably be when we see him unmasked. We're probably going to see him not talking and going through a day in the life of like a bounty hunter and all this bombastic action that he gets involved in. I think this trailer just proves that John Favreau has a perfectly great hand yeah. and understanding of what he's trying to do what he wants to do and I know you didn't servicing us as the fans. I know you didn't see the anything from Star Wars Celebration, right. but when when he talked about the Mandalorian at Celebration, you know he was talking about how sure the Razor Crest ship they could have very easily and and done it really well gone to gone to a visual effects crew and and had them render that in the computers and make it look as real as they did, but he was insistent that they build models and they make the engines actually work with real LED lights and moving parts. And they spent days just filming that ship, the Razor's, the Razor Crest, in the same exact way that George filmed X-Wing battles back in the day. He spent an entire like days doing like that and, and development. Yeah. And it was probably more expensive than, than computer generating it. But that's how serious he was about, about making it feel like the Star Wars you've gotten before. Yeah. 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 And 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 to me that would like shows like what the, the like the type of mentality he came into this with. I mean, he's been involved with Star Wars for years now. He's been he's been the voice of a Mandalorian pre Vizsla in the Clone Wars and actually wrote some of those episodes. He also had a moment where he's like, I need a lot of stormtroopers. Like I need a lot of stormtroopers on set. And it turns out that Disney actually doesn't have a whole lot of stormtrooper outfits to, to outfit extras and stuntman in. So he's like, what are we going to do? He's like, I need all these stormtroopers. And one of his crew members is like, hold on. 
I know some people. They called up the local 501st Stormtrooper Legion, and they got a whole bunch of guys who cosplay as stormtroopers with realistic stormtrooper, yeah, realistic stormtrooper-looking <laughs> outfits. And John Favreau said the way they looked, he couldn't even imagine having the costume department come up with it. He he he, what the costume department would have came up with would have been kind of like hokey. They would have like sleek, ru- right? They, they, no, they would have like rubber rubber helmets. Like the guys who were off in the back uh, would have like rubber helmets. All of these guys came decked out like real stormtroopers and, and having the time of their fucking life right and not only that they now the get movie. to say that all of their armor was screen used which immediately jumps its value up like crazy big well, and they had the course, greatest day of their lives yeah doing it and they all did it for free and he he got the shots that he wanted with all these stormtroopers like so that is the level of you know, of person that you're I can't dealing wait with to see this shot now yeah. when he when he comes into <laughs> why he needed this to, to show run this yeah. you know yeah, yeah that's that's what he's bringing to the table and that, that has me very excited it's Thank all about the creator, right. on showrunner, creator, whoever you want to call it, Feige. Right. You know the TV show, the the showrunners on those things are so important, right. and it has me very excited that they were willing to announce that we're already in pre production on season two. That's that's so great. So reach out to us on Twitter on the, on the social medias. Let us know what you guys think of the Mandalorian. If you were just as excited as me and Jr., uh-huh. you can find me on Twitter at SuperMoviePod. You can check Jay out on Facebook, Super Movie Bros Podcast on there. Make sure you head over to Instagram. You check out Super Movie super movie bros beer jay will have pictures of the beers that we drank tonight there for you guys to check out our reviews yep. make sure you head over to my instagram movie cocktail where you can check out last week's alien cocktails that we that that we put up that the ones that mark made for for geiger's cup of joe and the one that i made the alien face hugger we also run a patreon so you can head over to patreon.com slash super movie bros podcast and for just one dollar a month you can get all that additional content that we put up there also we have to just beg that anybody who listens to the show if you've listened more than a few weeks in a row please consider going on the itunes leaving us a five-star review it helps us grow it helps us get seen and uh it just all around makes me and jay both feel really fucking good yes. and Puts beca- a smile on our face right and because we're adult men you know we we don't know where to find drugs anymore like right. you know, we're older we don't know where to find drugs to feel good yeah so so we're left to drinking and we're- your kind words <laughs> <laughs> that's where we get our c3po red eyes now yeah it's not the women in our lives. It's <laughs> it's, it's the booze. It's the booze and, and each your, other. It's your and bu- you guys. <laughs> it's our booze and your reviews. <laughs> so please head over to iTunes and leave them. Uh, I want to thank all of you guys for listening tonight. Uh, the Trailer Park music that we played was provided to you by Thomas Ianucci. So make sure you head over to Spotify or check the description of this episode. Follow a link. Check out all of his music over there. He's a fantastic friend. He's a fantastic artist. And oh, yeah. we just want to spread the word about him we are also part of a network we are part of the podfix network so head over to podfixnetwork.com check out all the great shows that are part of the podfix network over there i want to thank all of you guys for listening have a great night cheers cheers
what's up everybody this is joey calvez i want to tell you guys a little bit about the department of metahuman affairs this one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick two felons a failed actor from broadway and a reprogrammed cyborg but their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank and they will have to set the world at ease you're gonna get 180 pages of entertainment action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one all you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the department of metahuman affairs or dma and check it out right now